Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Top 10 with Kyle and Mike. I am one of your co-hosts, Kyle. This week, as we do every week, one of us, this week, Mike, will be putting together a Top 10 list and then live on the air sharing that list with me. By the end of the episode, we'll have a definitive Top 10 ranking. All right, Mike, what are we doing this week? All right, Kyle, this week's Top 10 is Dumbest Movie Schemes. Oh! (laughs) So we're going to... Yeah, so I guess, actually, I totally lied about that. It's not dumbest movie schemes. It's dumbest fictional schemes, which really means it's dumbest movie schemes with a couple TV ones thrown in because I liked them. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so really what we're having here is we're going to talk about when characters come up with an idea that is really stupid. It doesn't mean it didn't work. In some cases, in fact, in many of these cases, it did work. I suspect I have an idea where this inspiration came from based on the conclusion of a, a show we both like, or a season of a show we both like. Um, I have a, <laughs> I can't wait to see if that's it or one of them. Oh, anyways. it is definitely on the list. Yes. <laughs> so we're limiting this to, just so I have a clear yeah. understanding, this is like a, a an idea or scheme that is generated by a character in a given piece, a show or a movie. This is not like a, no, plot. Yeah, okay. very important that it is not dumb plot because there's so much dumb plot. I, it, it actually would be good to be called dumb plots, but that would be too confusing. So so these are dumb schemes, ideas, okay. plans, all such things. So I'll, I'll start with a couple um, honorable mentions to kind of set the ground rules, I think. So first honorable mention is the Italian job. So I, as always, am including these things as the exact opposite of what I mean. So the Italian job would not qualify as a dumb plan because I actually think it was a pretty good plan. I think the whole thing about sending Charlize Theron into uh, Edward Norton's house as a cable woman, that part's a little far-fetched. She doesn't really seem like a cable person. Um, She's like, if we did a top 10 of hottest cable people ever, yeah. she'd number one and number two is like larry the cable guy yeah number three is jim carrey from the cable guy (laughs) actually probably above those two are like seven porn stars that were just in in like cable that's a really good point like the cable guy in um (laughs) in the big lebowski he's like i'm here to fix the cable (laughs) yeah he would perfectly fit on that list all right that's a bonus top 10 but at any rate the, the whole plan the italian job he doesn't know Charlize Theron. They use those scanners to find out how tall the trucks are to see how weighted down they are. They blow up that Pepsi thing to cover the hole they blow in the ground. It was a good plan. So what the reason this is included is because most heist films have kind of a crazy plan. Doesn't mean it's bad. That was not a bad one. All right, so that's one honorable mention. Uh, another honorable mention I'm going to include, uh, also for the same reason, is to set the ground rules. Jaws. So I would not include the plan to head out on Quint's boat as a dumb plan because it was driven by desperation. So it's not dumb because they're de- they're totally desperate. They are in a situation where this shark is terrorizing the town. This super shark uh, has found many folks. The entirety of the 4th of July will be ruined. Yes, they could have taken a better boat. They could have taken Brody's boat or whatever one, Hooper's boat, Um but the actual plan to go and throw a bunch of gas tanks into Jaws's mouth was about as good a plan as they could come up with. So I can't penalize them. They took the situation they had and they did their best. Do they even bring harpoons? Um, do they I bring feel like harpoons? Plan, I feel like plan A is the gas tanks. It's like we're gonna throw it right in his mouth. 
It's a good so, point. Well, what if, I mean, like, what if we can't get it in the mouth? Should we bring some harpoons? Like, I mean, this is, I mean, we're probably, this is probably going to work. I, I don't feel like, the boat's pretty small. I don't know if we have room for harpoons. Let's just bring the gas tanks. That's a good point. I, you're, you, that might have been plan A. So maybe it doesn't, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe this is not dumb as plan C, but it might be kind of dumb as plan A. Yeah, like if you're, I would agree, because I don't really remember how it goes, but like if they throw even one harpoon and it glances off the shark, they're like, oh shit, we need to do something quick. And then they throw the gas tanks. Like I agree with you. But if their plan A was the gas tanks, I feel like this is probably a pretty dumb scheme. That's a good point. I feel like they brought harpoons. That's a good point. Now here's, I'm trying to remember. So you remember they throw those, um, those barrels so they have the barrels that the shark hooks onto and drags. The point of those barrels is to slow the shark down and identify where it is, correct? It's not to yeah. like it's not to bring it to the surface and suffocate it. It's certainly not to suffocate it. I think like function 1 is to slow it down. Function 2 is probably just to see where it is. Yeah. 3 I guess is to keep it near the surface. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think that might even be function one. I think the surface part might be number one because it's the idea Maybe. is that it can't pull the barrels down. Yeah, that's a really good plan. Well, how do they get the barrels attached to the shark? Harpoons? I think. <laughs> I think that they they brought harpoons. They might harpoon. I don't know, but it's not like they don't harpoon to kill. They harpoon to wound. They're like they set their phasers to stun rather than kill. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Well, point taken. All right. I understand. At any rate, my last honorable mention goes under the same category. It's just several of the Harry Potter uh, schemes. So Chamber of Secrets, uh, I put into this list of Harry going into the Chamber of Secrets with Ron and Lockhart. That was what he had. That was what he had at his disposal. Um, Not a terrific plan, but really all he had at his disposal. So that's really signaling to you that a Harry Potter plot will show up on this list. Uh, it just won't be one of the, like, heroically stupid ones. It'll just be a really stupid one. I will say that JK usually does do a pretty good job of, like, eliminating all of their options before yeah. they're forced into stupidity. Except, like, except in... for one. <laughs> I can't wait to hear which one. But I'm I'm thinking specifically of, like, in Sorcerer's Stone. Like, yep. they yes. Dumbledore's away. Yep. Like, McGonagall is away snape is against them like yeah they really don't have a choice in chamber of secrets like Ginny's gonna die like they have to go in there right now yeah. they don't have time to get anybody mm-hmm. else um and and azkaban like their, their stupid scheme is actually endorsed by dumbledore so like, yeah usually there's good reason for it like yeah okay got it precisely all right so number 10 uh one of your favorite films uh and a film that has some real issues plot wise home alone <laughs> <laughs> so so Kevin's plan is not stupid if he wants to maim uh and kill these people. Um but it is stupid if he's dealing with legitimate criminals, which he is. Uh and and then secondly, if he doesn't want to maim slash murder these people, which I don't think he does. Uh I don't know, man. Like some of the things that he does indicate to me that like if they die, it's not a huge deal. Like, um, like the blowtorch thing, like that is Jesus, that blowtorch easily. Absolutely. Many people um, have died from blowtorching for sure. And I think like, um, this, this prank gets lost a little bit in like, because it's not the shock effect isn't really there, but when they're 
stupidly climbing out the second story window and like shimmying along that rope <laughs> to the treehouse. <laughs> and he, like a psychopath, waits until they're exactly far enough that they won't hit the ground. And he cuts it. And then they like swing down and slam really, really hard into the brick facade of their home. Like yeah. that could really easily kill you. I don't think for a second that Kevin would have hesitated to kill them if the situation presented itself. Interesting. Um, that is interesting. So maybe I should just offer you like, an alternative for Home Alone uh, because it's the exact same plan, but uh, much less likely to be effective. I can give you the end of Skyfall because. As you and I both discussed, the end of Skyfall is just the end of Home Alone, but in the James Bond universe, he sets up those those lights to shoot like little pieces of uh, nails. He's got the one the one floorboard that shoots up. He's got the mirrors that are like super. They're like the mirror of Arisen. They're very magical mirrors set up. Judy Dench has like um <laughs> those little like ties that yeah. you put on bread. And she's like she's like tying together plastic bags full of nails and screws. Yeah. All that's missing is the actual Home Alone song. No, I'm I'm cool with the uh, as Home Alone being on this list cuz it is a pretty pretty silly scheme. Um like he could have just called the police again. Like it really wouldn't have been that difficult. Yeah. All right, so number 9 uh, this is a recent one. I don't know if it necessarily belongs on this list, but it was so stupid. Um, the part in Wonder Woman when the Chris Pine character goes to steal uh, whatever Professor Stroganoff or whatever that uh, the crazy chemical lady is to steal her notebook. And his plan is to just go in to this uh, German camp with a very, very lightly disguised accent and just walk up to where she is and then just pick the notebook up. <laughs> And then leave. And that was his entire plan. It works. It, it does work. But he just... There's no plan. The plan is to go, Ah, oh, yeah, sweet to say. And then walk in, pick the notebook up, and walk out. And he did. At least he wore a disguise. And sometimes the, the more simple a plan is, the better. Like, there's, there's very little opportunity for his plan to like take a turn he didn't anticipate yeah he can abort at all times he can abort (laughs) and he did wear a disguise and he is chris pine is super aryan so like he had that going for him this was world war one though kyle (laughs) never forget this is world war one i feel like (laughs) you think it still mattered world war one i guess well i guess you're right but like i don't know i feel like chris pine is less likely to like trigger some like warning bells in the back yeah. of people's heads then like i don't know that crazy redhead if aziz ansari rolled into there yeah or that crazy either of the other guys the crazy redhead uh or the um the dude with the fez they probably would have set off some alarm bells in the german camp that's fair also i'm giving myself a pass because like besides the one scene where they jump out of a trench like that could have very easily been World War Two, right? No, that's that's a very good point. That's fair, and we don't necessarily need to get into the geopolitics of World War One leading into World War Two. But I think you're probably fair in identifying some uh, some race based issues in World War One as well. All right, but at any rate, at any rate, there was no plan here. It worked out, and you are right. The simplicity of it is a positive uh, in its favor. But the lack of a plan was sort of a was a knock against it. Yeah, I can get on board with that. All right, number eight. Uh, this one is is one that I stole from television. Um, this is a season five 
when the Breaking Bad plots started to get a little bit kookier, uh, the magnet truck. <laughs> so, Kyle, you remember the magnet truck. Do you want to explain that for the listeners? So, <laughs> all right. Kirk, as best as you can, because I had to remember this, too. Stop me as soon as I as I screw up. There yeah. is a laptop with sensitive yes. information on it, incriminating information, mm-hmm. that will put Walter White in jail, and probably Jesse. Yep. And it's in police lockup. Correct. And they can't figure out a way to get into this like highly, uh, highly guarded room. And I don't know if this is real science or not. <laughs> Maybe it is, but like, like activating a very very powerful electromagnet near electric devices can scramble them or like wipe their their databases. So they put a very large magnet in a truck, like a fridge truck. They drive it up right next to the police station. <laughs> And then just, like, turn the magnet on. And if I remember right, because Cameron loves to quote this, um, the guy that they buy the magnet from, who's, like, a junkyard guy, he has one of those huge magnets. Mm -hmm. He's like, this would be a good time to take out any jewels you got in your prick. (laughs) (laughs) Which is plausible for Jesse. He could have had, like, a a penis ring of some sort. Walter gets weird in the later seasons. Like, uh... I wouldn't really surprise me all that much to find out that in like a a whim of arrogance he got a stud. Um, but like <laughs> the same week as he got advice, the charger. Yeah, exactly. Like revving it in the driveway. Yeah. Like it, it wouldn't surprise me to find out that he had a stud even then. But like you know that that advice from that guy is based on experience. Like maybe not his experience. Yeah. But like he was talking to someone at the junkyard and turned it on and then you know something real bad happened. Yeah. Uh, so how so how much did I get? Did I get that like most? Yeah. Of no, time? you got it totally right. I think the only thing I'm gonna add it's um, I did a little bit of research, not a lot. I kind of like glanced at a couple articles, but I think the MythBusters take on this, uh, not the actual MythBusters, but sort of that structure is this would be plausible. So I think this would be like a, a plausible scenario that yes, a magnet could scramble a hard drive. It would have to be under some pretty good lab conditions, I think, to make it happen. Um, but I, I'm going to tell you what I think is so stupid about this plan. It's not It's not relying on the magnet to scramble the hard drive. I think, like I said, plausible. It's not considering the fact that you're driving in a huge metal truck next yeah. to a bunch of other metal things and then turning on an extremely powerful magnet with the main purpose of picking up cars. And you're in a car. That just feels like a little bit, it's like, it's like one of those things where, you know, you're such a brilliant scientist, you can only see the molecular level, but you miss the fact that, you know, I don't know, I can't think of a forest for trees analogy on molecules because I forget chemistry, but that. Yeah, I, I would add to that that, I don't know, maybe they did their research and knew that, like, there was, this was an external wall, but, like, this plan relies very, very heavily on the fact that like the laptop is near enough the wall yeah. that it'll work and that this is an external wall not only an external wall but an external wall that you can get access to with like a very large truck yeah i don't know i could give them credit like maybe they knew that i guess just by looking at an aerial of the or maybe they had some insider information yeah whatever it you're right that's a pretty silly idea um yeah, like, did the... I can't remember how they shot it. Like, when they turned the magnet on, did it, like, immediately slam onto the wall of the truck? 
No, it, it, things started jiggling and like wiggling a little bit, and then they eventually, I think they were doing like, and turning the magnet up, and then the the truck, if I'm remembering correctly, tipped. Like it tipped. It does yeah. tip. So it's there's some issues with it. Um, so this one, like everything on Breaking Bad, you, you kind of run the risk of ruining my own rule, which is like if they're totally desperate, you can kind of give them a break. Desperate, but also a genius, and there were some other better plans. Um, among which is killing the police officer. I don't condone the killing of that police officer who was guarding it, but I'm pretty sure there was just like one guy sitting outside the door of the lockup with a logbook, and they've killed other people like many times. Just, just kill the police officer. I don't know. Put a mask on. Go in. Kill him. Leave. If it were me, I would probably lean towards the magnet. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't You're also I don't not think, a soulless but, meth dealer. But, but not because no, no 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 you get me wrong not because I would I would pause to kill a man which I, I would but like if I was there yeah you know, um I just think that like realistically like let's say like the risk with the magnet is pretty low right like let's say you go and you turn it on and like it doesn't appear to be working like you can drive away <laughs> like the <laughs> ideally but like if you walk into a police station with a mask on and shoot a man like you've kind of like committed pretty hard to that how do they even know that it works by the way i can't remember how that see that like, is well, yeah that's a classic <laughs> television slash movie issue is people knowing something has worked or something has changed or something has happened that you're like that doesn't they wouldn't know that or like they know that yeah. they got away with something or you're like, <laughs> you don't know that for sure here's what i think I think that if we had switched these last two plots, neither of them is on the list. Like, if Chris Pine drives into that camp with a giant magnet truck... Yes! Like, that's a good plan. Like, he he wreaks some havoc. Yep. Like, there's a less disarray that he can sneak in during the distraction. Conversely, I think that if they get a cop costume or, like, kidnap <laughs> a cop and put the outfit on and, like, steal his keys and just, like, gain access to yeah. the police somehow, that probably works a lot better. I think that... It's like a sleepy. I think, these, yeah. I think both of these shows or movies are better for the way that they turned out. Uh, but like, if we're if we're if they wanted to get off this list, they could look very closely at their neighbors and, and find a way off. You're so right. Wow. I would love to see Chris Pine like tooling around a German war camp in a magnet truck, like <laughs> with like silly old timey German yelling and like yeah. people falling off things. If, alas yeah um so a question i have is i because i can actually think of a maybe not, not definitely not any sillier yeah but an equally as stupid plan and i know exactly that, where like, you're going with this you tell no no it's not going to come right. up so you can tell me i wonder if we're thinking of the same one but in, in spoiler alert like we've already spoiled a minor kind of like fun yeah. thing in breaking bad i'm about to spoil the ending so yeah. like yeah this this you know, is so stupid so, for those of you who have seen Breaking Bad, I'm sure you're thinking of this as well. When he <laughs> buys, like, a DIY machine gun kit from, like, Home Depot, <laughs> he, like, walks into Home Depot, he's like, let's say I wanted to put a machine gun in my trunk. <laughs> let's just say. Like, yeah, uh, for a school project. And, like, the, it's just, it's so stupid on so many levels, because... I I will I will give him that he could somehow rig it up to like a remote so that it would start when he wanted it yeah. to. Yeah. But to assume that the rounds would pierce the building and that they would all be standing and that he'd be the able standing to like, thing is huge. It's the, the height. It's like huge. just a certain it's height. At like, it's at neck level. And yeah. like, and 
and on top of that, if I remember correctly, he need like they have his keys. Like he needs to get them back from like he he somehow like sneaks his way around the pool table and like can lunge for the keys. But like let's say the guy keeps it in his pocket. Like his plan going into that yeah. was like okay. This machine's gonna be great. Like ignoring the fact that it probably wouldn't hit anybody, he's like, I'll, "I'll activate it as soon as I get my keys back." That was his plan going into it. Yeah, he was, and that is that to me like may even be stupider than the magnet thing, because again with the magnets he can leave. In this one, he puts himself right in the hornet's nest, and if he can't get his keys back, he's gonna die a pretty seriously painful death. See, I, now this one. I, the reason I didn't put this one on the list is because I do think he genuinely has fewer options in this scenario. Now, did he have to specifically go with the whatever that crazy-ass machine gun was in his trunk option? No. But did it have to be some sort of psychotic plan to extricate him and his... The, person, the only person on this show he actually loves, Jesse, to extricate them from this scenario, it had to be something batshit crazy. Like you said, they could have maybe just put a cop uniform on and walked in and gunned whoop out of the evidence room. This this was really their only option was something crazy. Well, because he has to kill like nine men and not kill Jesse. <laughs> so yeah, like you're I, I didn't good good for them for coming up with something that like we can even consider plausible. Yeah, like this would be on MythBusters. This is plausible. I think th- I'm actually and- certain that they tested this myth. I'm uncertain what they could, what they called it, but I do. I, they definitely tested this. All right. Well, I'm happy with. I, I'm glad the magnets on this list. Yeah. Because that's a very, very silly scheme. Absolutely. All right. So number seven uh, is going to stand for an entire television show. Every single episode of this entire show. One of my favorites, Scooby Doo. So they have no plan ever. In the entirety of that show, there is never a plan. The plan is to have a silly musical montage where they chase the villain in one direction and then he chases them in the other and then they go in a door and then somehow come out a door that they couldn't possibly have gotten to um, and then a chandelier falls on him. That's their plan every single time and it's not a plan. Yeah, they never really have ever. a plan. You're right. Like They kind of always fall into... The, the villain typically falls into some kind of trap of their own making. They usually hoist themselves upon their own petard. Uh, Always. Every time. And and their, their canvassing of the local area involves meeting one person who obviously did it and trusting them way too much. They don't... Like, they go to Nan's old country store that's going out of business... And then they don't go to the supermarket next door that's clearly putting Nan out of business and be like, hey, supermarket person, has Nan been kind of a psycho trying to scare your customers away because she's scared <laughs> that you're taking uh, all of her business? And no, they don't. They're, they don't ask because she's been sending threatening letters. Instead, they go, hey, Nan, what's up with this town? And she's like, you know, nothing. No, absolutely Nothing. I don't know. I've not seen anything. And then they're like, okay, Nan, that's great. We're just going to wander around this abandoned thing for a little bit. And then it turns out it was Nan every time. Good old Nan. Um, here's, I agree with you. Like there's, 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 it's pretty, pretty poor decision-making on the mystery gang's part. However, the bone I have to pick with this, mm-hmm. and we've just described a group of kids that have no plan. So it's hard for me to want to put them on a list of bad schemes. Because 
So I that hear implies- you. I hear you, but the plan, in my opinion, the plan is to be a team of mystery people. You're a team of investigators. That is your plan. It's like that's their life plan. If you ask any of them, like, what are you planning to do with your life? It's like, I'm going to solve mysteries. But you have no, but your plan is to just throw a bunch of silly people together, have some hijinks, and then hope it works out. So I, I hear you, and I'm willing to negotiate if we get to that point. But my my thought process here is that they their very idea of them solving mysteries is their plan, and it's insane. All right. I, all right. I, I guess I can get on board with that. Uh, I think we'll... I think at the very least, this will have to move down a little bit eventually. Uh, so another thing to consider here is the ratio of the subject that we're talking about, the ratio of their, um, like, scheming potential, mm-hmm. like, the, their capacity to yes. scheme to the cunningness of said scheme. Because, like, as we've discussed, like, Walter White is a is a genius, right? And so, like, the fact that he comes up with a like a a pretty good plan but really a stupid one i think like makes it a sillier scheme than like a bunch of kids that can't come <laughs> up with a plan like cuz like they're 12 right like they're yeah. maybe 12 years old oh wait the or, the mis- mystery gang the mystery gang are they not no they're a little no older they're older that. they're they're in their like 20s I guess I'm thinking of pup, like they pup have a na- younger pup named Scooby Doo, of course. In pup named yeah. Scooby Doo, the fact that Freddie Jones is fooled by red herring every time is yeah. totally acceptable. <laughs> I get it. He's clearly a spoiled little rich turd, so he hasn't really had much exposure to the mean streets of uh, whatever town. Oh, what the hell's their town? You go. I can't remember what their town is. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm surprised that you don't, and I certainly don't. Even in their like twenties, in your regular old Scooby Doo. Only Velma is intelligent. Yeah. And so, like, therefore, the fact that they are unable to come up with good schemes, like, kind of falls in line with what we know about them. Whereas, like, Walter White should be able to come up with a good scheme. I guess the same is true of, of Chris Pine and, and Wonder Woman. And then, and, you know, maybe we go back and talk about Home Alone some more, because Kevin McAllister is, like, what? Uh, he's in, like, fourth grade or something? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so I guess you like you can't fault him too much for not coming up with like a really brilliant plan because you know he's a kid. But um, all right, fair enough. Let's let's recap real quick. Yeah. You want to recap ten through seven? Absolutely. So number ten, Home Alone, uh, Kevin's plan to stop the burglars. Number nine is Chris Pine, whatever the hell his character's name is in Wonder Woman, the plan to steal the notebook from the gas lady. Number eight is Walter White's plan to use a magnet in a truck to scramble the hard drive with incriminating evidence. And number seven is everything that the characters of Mystery Inc. have ever tried to do. All right. I like it. So number six is a movie I have not actually seen, but it's such a notoriously stupid plan that it's worthy of inclusion. And that is the plan in Armageddon. Oh, yeah. I'm... (laughs) It is pretty stupid. Yeah, so I've also I've also not seen Armageddon, but it, correct. I think the plan is a meteor is coming at Earth, like a really sinister looking meteor. Yeah, like like it's got like red and blue flames. I was gonna it's say yeah, it's like glowing and stuff. And it's got like like really menacing looking like peaks and valleys, and the front mm-hmm. of it is all spiky. It looks like Sauron's like mask. Um, and they like fly a spaceship onto it and then plant a bomb. 
and then blow it up? Is that kind of the, the plan there? So they have a bunch of miners. So that's where you get the, like the ragtag bunch collection of, of uh, working people like Ben Affleck um, and Ed Harris and that guy from Coach Yost from uh, Remember the Titans. Um, his name's Will something. I don't remember. But all those guys. So they're miners. It's very, I, I respect the mining community. But my, my issue is, so they, they have to like plant, I think they have to dig and plant a bomb in there or something like that. My issue is, are they really the best and brightest is one part of my issue with this. My other issue is the larger plan to use a bomb to blow up an asteroid. I don't totally get why that's the plan. So here's one here's one alternative. So just right off the top of my head, an alternative to this. Instead of a bomb that you have to like plant and then get away, why not a missile? Like why not just shoot a missile from a safe distance? Let's say you miss, then guess what the next plan is? Shoot another missile at it. And then the next plan, shoot another missile at it. <laughs> like I think, I think if I remember correctly from our friend Alex. Uh, so for the listeners, Alex had like a brief anti-nuclear weapons um, stand that he took. I think he's still not pro-nuclear weapons, but he got really against it for a while. I feel like he told us that the stockpile in Russia is like seven thousand nuclear warheads, and it's something similar in the United States. Start there. Shoot one, two, three, four, five. Shoot a bunch of them. Instead of sending a bunch of guys up there who are miners on Earth to borrow a stationary bomb into an asteroid. I suspect the way they get out of this in the movie is to say, you know how like bridges, like old stone bridges have a keystone? And if you take the keystone out, the whole thing falls down. Oh my god. Or like... (laughs) I sus- I'm not saying that this is valid in any way. I su- I'm saying I suspect this is how they get around it. They're like, the way this meteor is put together, if you were to make a, like a, a, a charge, even a moderate charge, at this precise location, you could blow the whole darn thing up. Um, it is kind of silly to me that in a universe where you have the technology to land on a meteor, which, yes. by the way... Like, See, this is, a, this is another bone to pick. I'm glad you pointed that out. The complexity yeah. of that is outrageous. We can't even land... I mean, there are people that truly believe that we couldn't even land on the moon. And that's stationary. The moon well, the moon is not entirely stationary, but relative, relatively speaking, it's pretty much standing still. Um, and it's so difficult that we haven't really gone back since. I think... I don't, when is when is Armageddon set? Do you know? I think it's set when it came out. I think. So it's like 1998 or something like that. So I think it's set in, you know modern times minus 20 years or so all right so it's implausible it's a pretty i i don't know i think that your alternative idea of shooting missiles is a really good one um i wonder if you could get away with like uh like landing on the meteor and then attaching like some kind of method to like just alter its course so that it misses earth it's a huge meteor right like but that's but think about the degrees you're talking about. So I don't know how far out into space. I'm sure they did it like two feet from Earth so that it would be more dramatic. So it would just be like, oh, but and it, but 
the idea that we like notice this and all that, you'd probably only have to alter its course by like a degree and then it's nowhere near Earth anymore. So yes, that's yeah. another very plausible option is just poke it, like just flick it. I don't know what you're flicking it with, but flick it with something and it's just, it's gone. Like a giant finger spaceship, like the yeah, one that'd be kind of fun. Or like, yeah, the mothership just like swings by and like flicks it on its way. Um, yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty harebrained scheme. Yeah, it just I feel like the idea of this film, I think the central idea of a film like this and the movie uh, The Martian and a little bit in the in the movie Gravity is international cooperation because of desperation. And what happens, at least in the movie. Uh, the Martian is crazy levels of innovation because so many different space programs are working together. Instead in Mm. Armageddon with all these teams working together, we get Ben Affleck in his minor overalls plants a bomb. I I'm glad you brought that up because if we're going to judge it by the same criteria that we've done the last couple, this, the, the scheming potential of this team is off the charts. This is a collection right. of the greatest minds in the world. Every mind in and the world. This is this matters to everybody. Literally everyone, because everyone will die if they can't fix it. So, like, you can assume that this is the best possible scheming team that exists in this universe. Well, yeah. at least on Earth. Um, yeah, all right, cool. <laughs> the, only, the only counter to that, though, is if this is some sort of divine retribution, then the only person in the universe who matters is decidedly on the other side of this scheme. So, like, if if the deity himself is trying to send this asteroid, then you're kind of hosed, no matter how many minds you have going in the opposite direction. Well, we can reasonably assume that's not the case, though, because they save the day. Like, any deity that is trying to blow up the Earth is not going to send a rock that can be blown up. Probably. Yeah, but he could also just... This could also be some sort of test of humanity, like... I'm going to send you something that could easily be blown up, but let's see if you efforts can actually cooperate on this. Oh, I kind of like that. Yeah. Like at the in the post-credit scene of Armageddon, they're like, "Congratulations. You're now like on this playing field. Like you've entered like this level 2 of civilization where you can now like, okay, you've dodged a giant meteor and now you can start like traveling between planets and like doing inter Oh, I like that. that. Kind of thing. It's sort of like ready. It's like Ready Player One, but with Old Testament God. (laughs) OTG, yeah. OTG is like, yeah. And if you pass, like you're in. But if you fail, like you're done. Yeah, Um, forever. Yeah, it's it's binary. There's not like a. It's not like the the PE. Sorry, the. It's not like a test where you can retake it. (laughs) At least not for several billion years. No. All right. Uh, so let's no, do number five. Number five is the uh, is the one that you referenced right at the beginning. Uh, that would be Dumb Plan TM. So credit for that name goes to our friends at the podcast uh, Binge Mode. So Dumb Plan is on Game of Thrones. For those who are, um, do not listen to the show Binge Mode or watch the show Game of Thrones, uh, it's a wonderful little television series. Um, Kind of long story short, there are some ice zombies who are going to destroy all humanity. Some people believe it. Some people don't. It's a, a rather ham-fisted allegory for climate change. And this one <laughs> character kind of sees it and nobody else does. And so he's like, hey, guys, no, this is kind of a problem that these ice people are coming to kill all of us. And everybody's like, ah, shut up, kid. 
And so the plan that he and his his homies cook up is to kidnap an ice zombie and then bring it down to the peoples and show it to them and be like, all right, let's put all of our petty squabbles. And by that, I mean hundreds of years of adultery and backstabbing and murder aside to save humanity. So the thing the, the big thing going against this plan's inclusion is the desperation of the situation. As we've said, if the situation is truly desperate, then this has got to be a really stupid plan to get on this list. Yes, the situation is very desperate, but there are a lot of other options for this, and this was not this was not a good plan. This is I'm I, I'm I'll be shocked if there are four more schemes that are dumber than this one. Yeah. I trust you. But th- there are so many parts of it that are stupid. And yep. maybe 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 the subsequent stupidities don't factor into into this because they are subsequent. But like, just the, especially if you don't watch the show, you don't know this. But the person that they're trying to convince that like they need to put their differences aside is historically, repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly shown that she just doesn't give a shit about anything or anybody else, and yeah. unwilling to listen to reason. So like, yeah. you have to, and it's and it's not like there's no one in their party that. Does, that knows this, right? Like they have her brother. He knows. Like this is he, sh- and he's the one who proposes it. He should know that that won't work. And yeah. then, so and so, but and then on top of that, their plan is not let's bring a ton of people and get this guy and then and then run back. Their plan is <laughs> let's send six of us. Let's take the six most valuable fighters that we have, the ones with the most intel about these these beasts, the ones that have the most uh, like sway over the remaining armies in Westeros, let's consolidate them all and let's run north of the wall and like we'll bring just the six of us and we'll bring like ten guys to carry the wagon. Like random, ten random guys. Yeah, ten, they're like the random henchmen from Austin Powers. They were there just to die. They don't have name tags. No, no name they, tags. This is, and I, this is like it's a rare case of the the show writers of, of Game of Thrones just like really succumbing to the fact that they don't have that much time. Yeah, and like, <laughs> like how do we do this in like four episodes? And, but like I don't know. I still feel like there's there's something better, and it's it's annoying because. There's another major plot point that comes of this um, that, like, they kind of had to get to without yeah. spoilers. It, like, it's definitely... That's and, the thing, is this is a dumb plan in both the first and second degrees. Like, it's a really dumb yeah. plan in the show, and it's also a dumb plan by the writers of the show. Where both the characters in the situation and the writers writing the situation had many better alternatives rather than going down this road. I, I completely agree. I think this is one of the dumbest ideas of all time because the risk reward, if we're doing this by risk reward, which I think is a less fun metric than scheming uh, potential to actual scheme effectiveness. Yeah. Um, like the risk is insane. It's insane. You're, you're waiting into the most dangerous place in the world with, with the most no important backup. person in the world because Jon Snow. Yep. For those who do not know, and even those who do, worth reminding you, he is the most important person in the world. Yeah, he's number one. Um, and the reward is so... 
like if it if if it does work, your reward is very great, right? Like you've potentially saved the world. Yes. But like you're the 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 chance that you're attaining that reward is just stupidly stupidly low and in yeah. the show it doesn't work. Right. It it's, doesn't work. It's stupidly like, low from the like you get the zombie type person is crazy low. And then that yep. you convince the completely psychotic dictator who hates you portion is probably even a less likely success. Yeah, it, I don't know. And in the show, it, it may end up kind of working out in their favor eventually because Jamie has kind of turned on Cersei and, like, who knows what that leads to. But, man, this is a stupid, stupid scheme. I remember at the time being really frustrated, especially because this is, like, the fifth episode of season six. Yeah. And, or seven. A seven. Yep. And, like, pri- prior to that, like, every episode is amazing. Um, just so well written and like they're upping the stakes every time and, and like completely landing it. And it was just so out of character for the show. I think that's probably why I'm so bent out of shape about this one is because more so the writers, like this show, historically, the plans are always so well thought out and always so well executed that like this one is glaring, like in Home Alone, <laughs> it's, it's a it's a kid and like this this is a zany like christmas kids movie it's supposed to be stupid like this is not supposed to be stupid no no and it's yet, not and yet it is inanely stupid we could stop now <laughs> we can go on yeah. to, to number four but this is a, this is a really dumb scheme all right number four is from a james bond film i want to note that i tried to keep it to the modern era of james bond because some of the old ones are just a little too silly to even compare apples <laughs> to apples. So number four is one of our favorites. It is the card game from Casino Royale. Yes, this is one of the stupidest schemes. Oh my god, it is somehow <laughs> stupider than the White Walkers, maybe. Um, yeah, so walk <laughs> us through, please. So, fade in. We see... Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We see Le Chiffre, an international, uh, yes. basically money launderer, played. Yeah, he's a criminal financier. Played to perfection by Mads Mikkelsen, uh, who you might yeah. know from um, the show Hannibal or um, Casino Royale is like what he's most known for. Or Doctor Strange. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot he was in that. And Rogue One. Um, yep. yep. So, oh, anyways, yeah. uh, and he is a villain, and he has all this money. That he has acquired illegally, <laughs> and he he loses it through his mm-hmm. investment in the plane that blows up or something. Yeah, so something like that. This guy is broke. He's a like a, he's been on their list for a long time. They want to nab this guy, and he's at this moment completely broke. And his scheme to get his money back is to win it all back in this incredibly high stakes uh, Texas Hold'em game. And so, <laughs> like his his so what's funny is that his plan is pretty stupid too. So his plan is to win all of his money back in a card game. But it's based largely on luck. And the other crazy thing is that it forces him to put his head out of his hole. So here's a guy who does not want to be seen by either the authorities or by the very dangerous criminals who he owes a lot of money, and so his plan is to make a crazy high-profile card game. Well, to be fair, I'm not sure how high-profile the card game is, because it seems like it's a bunch of shady types. Um, like, this might be, like, a... <laughs> this might be, like, a... like a The equivalent of the black market version of Texas Hold'em. 
So that's so so that's one thing. If you're talking about like a backroom card game, or if you're talking about a card game in the pre-internet era, that's one thing. But this is the internet. The internet yeah. exists in this world, yeah. and this is this is Montenegro, which is a pretty well-known place. No, you're right. Um, so his okay. So we've established his scheme is a very stupid one, especially yes. for a man of his stature. Yeah, I forgot we were. I forgot we weren't even doing his scheme. What? Because his scheme is really. It's stupid. a stupid, stupid scheme. <laughs> But they managed to up the ante, if you oh, will. Oh, gross. Well, we're talking about Bond, aren't we? Yeah, uh, that's true. That's so, a good point. <laughs> up the ante, shall we? Up up the ante. That's how I like to do it. <laughs> Ew, shut up, Sean Connery. That was it's gross. gross. <laughs> so their plan, this top secret, like one of the best <laughs> spy organizations in the world, yeah. is to send their best agent in to win the card game. Thereby winning the money because if Bond has the money, Le Chiffre cannot have the money. And he will Mm -hmm. be... That's true. That is true. To be fair to this, that premise is accurate. (laughs) He will be... And and he will be powerless to continue being a villain. And as soon as he doesn't have this... As soon as he doesn't have his money back, they can move in for the kill and nab him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because... Because then... Because then he'll be friendless and moneyless, which is precisely the situation entering the card game. He's desperate, has no money. That's his problem. No, right. If you do, there's like, there's really no reason at all that they can't just nab him, like at the beginning yeah. of the movie. And it, it, okay, let's say okay, they don't know where his location is. Yes, yeah. you do. You do yeah, know where he, he is. He's, he's going to the card game. Freaking card game. Just like wait until he goes to take a shit and then like nab him. <laughs> like, <it's> not- <laughs> you know who you are right now? You're Scott Evil. This is just like when you're talking to Dr. Evil and <laughs> Dr. Evil's plan is to go back in time to steal Austin Powers' mojo and he's like, no, just go back to when he's on the crapper and shoot him. That's... But- the crazy thing is this did not require a time machine. You could have done the shoot him on the crapper thing without a time machine. <laughs> it's very need well but if you have a time machine that's also a better use of your resources, yeah. right? Or like go back to when he was born. Like there's so many different things you could do. To be fair, that, yeah, it, I mean it's intentionally silly. This is yeah. not intentionally silly. No, not this meant is, to be. This is like a particularly grounded Bond film. That's uh, the point, yeah. Yeah. They Batman begins this movie. Yeah, that was exactly. the whole point. This you're absolutely right. This is an incredibly stupid plan. And like this is, you know, arguably the greatest well run spy organization in the world. Um, and their plan is among the stupidest. So yeah, this is a really good one. This I would have whiffed on this. Good work. <laughs> Alright, thank you. So Let's let's recount. So we're about to get into the top three. So number ten, Home Alone. I'm just going to give you the movie, not get into the yeah. whole plot. But so number ten is Home Alone. Number nine, Wonder Woman. Number eight, Breaking Bad. Number seven, Scooby Doo. Six, Armageddon. Five, Game of Thrones. And number four, Casino Royale. <laughs> so we're heading into the top three. Uh, number three is one I bet you haven't thought of, but the moment you remember it, you'll be like, oh boy, uh, Ocean's Thirteen. So their plan to get into the casino was to get an earthquake machine and cause an earthquake <laughs> that would that would force all of the computers in this place to reset. Now, let's let's remember what actually happens. They cause an actual earthquake which causes like medium-ish damage. 
Let's talk about what could have happened. They could have caused, like, a real earthquake and killed hundreds of people and caused massive damage to the city of Los Angeles when, if this was what you wanted to do, you know what you could have done? You could have become, like, you could have taken out insurance and caused an earthquake and then got collected on all that. But, and I, and I, I've not seen this movie, so... Mm-hmm. Is their intention, or does it ever cross their minds that they could cause an actual earthquake? Never. They never even consider the ramifications of so, screwing around with an earthquake machine. So in that case, I, I think your points lose some water because, like, they're not gonna they, an, a viable alternative for them is not to just take insurance money because, like, they, no, I'm kidding. That's a, I'm kidding about that. Well, <laughs> I. <laughs> Well, but you could also argue, like, if you're comfortable causing destruction like that, then that opens up a whole a, a whole slew of, of alternative plans. Like, you can do a lot of things if you're willing yeah. to kill a bunch of people. I think this is a group of guys, if I remember, I've only ever seen Ocean's Eleven. This is a group of guys that, like, they are, like, Robin Hoods, right? Like, they want to screw over these greedy casino bank owner, whoever's, but they don't want to kill anybody to do it. Yeah, so so that that's a good point. It's it's not necessarily that it opens the moral Pandora's box. It's more that there is about a trillion other ways to rob a casino. So the ultimate plan, the ultimate thing that they want to do in this one, it's they're not trying to steal money. It's they are mad because Al Pacino endangered the life of their mentor, the old guy with the funky glasses. And so they want to get him back, not by stealing his money, but by screwing up his casino opening. So the thing that they do is they mess up the computers with the earthquake machine so that the people in the little pit down below can't sense when people's wins are fake. So they put in all kinds of fake machines, and then they have everybody win hundreds of thousands of dollars while this earthquake thing is shutting down the computers. So here are my two main issues with this plan. So issue number one is the earthquake portion of it, which is the biggest complaint I have. It's that there are so many other ways that you could have shut this down. There's yeah. other ways you could have caused the backup. I, they they go into a whole thing. Like there's a lot of mansplaining in this movie <laughs> about how the, the earthquakes were like a, a fault in their security systems. There were other ways. Especially because they get several people as, like, inside men. They have Brad Pitt go in as a fake geologist. They have Don Cheadle go in as, like, a fake knockoff evil Knievel. And so they're able to get into Terry Benedict or whatever his name is, like, the guy, into his office. So they've done the hard part. Like they've, Right. They've, yeah. done, they've infiltrated. They've fully infiltrated this building. So why not then just walk down the hall into the other thing and, like, plant an EMP? Or, like, so that's get... uh. Get the Napster from uh, yes, and, and like, or just substitute any like guy that's good with computers. And, and right, have you did the crazy hard thing in very breezy fashion because it's Brad Pitt, so he just puts on a fake mustache and like looks cool and does it. The other issue I have, and this is probably in a, in a more realistic sense, the real issue. All these people get all of these clearly ill-gotten wins, and then leave the casino with chips. And then they cash them out. Like, some of the people, while this minor earthquake is occurring, cash out, and they leave with cash. 
but a very small proportion because basically everybody in the casino wins a huge sum of money and they run out of there with chips spilling on the ground. See, they would never give them the money. They just like, yeah, well, screw you, man. This was obviously sabotage. Look, we've got the records. There's a freaking earthquake machine over there. Well, also, like, uh, how long is this thing down? Like, it's not like it's not like if they can't detect it happening doesn't guarantee that. Like people are gonna start winning a ton of money. It's like five minutes, so it so it does it does guarantee it because they get like loaded dice and oh. um and Bernie Mac sells a bunch of uh, Domino's machines. Oh. He sells like these Domino's machines that, that pay out. Like they, they've screwed all the stuff up oh, so that so it will okay. pay out. <laughs> so that is guaranteed to happen. But what's not guaranteed is it's like five minutes. It's no way that all these people are going to do that and then run out and get cashed out. So what happens is the reason that people cash out as quickly as they do is because the earthquake is intensifying. And so they're like, ah, get me out of here. But in the subsequent investigation, there is no way they're paying out this money. No way. Zero percent chance. No. Yeah, that's not a well thought out plan. No. So those are really like, those are the big issues. Why not just chip away slowly? Why not have like, one extra person, whenever he can just beat the shit out of his profits slowly. Yeah. Again, it wouldn't make for a very entertaining film. No, it wouldn't. That's not a very like good a really movie. just a terrible movie. In the middle, in the middle of those two plans is twenty one. Where <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's a pretty good movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little bit boring, but it's it's it is a little boring. Uh, I Jim Sturgis is just a really boring person. Moving on to number two. So number two, I just think is so stupid because it lacks creativity in all senses. It's not that it was such a terrible plan, but it's just the least creative plan of all time. And that is rebuilding the Death Star. All right. I'm, <laughs> it's interesting you brought that up because I like the first thing that came to mind when you said this was Star Wars. But it wasn't rebuilding the Death Star. <laughs> it was building the Death Star in the first place with the like, no, <laughs> bing, 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 bing. No. The Death Star is a great idea, and it what and it would have and it was for a short time the ultimate power in the galaxy. And if they had managed to keep it together, it would have worked. It would have worked because like you can just hold the entire galaxy hostage by the balls. Like, hey, if you don't keep it in line, we'll just blow you up. Which like it doesn't make a ton of sense. Like you can't blow every like eventually you blow everybody up. But uh yeah. I, I I understand the reasoning behind the stupid amount of resources it would take to build a Death Star. And I understand why you would rebuild the Death Star. Um, I don't really understand. You go ahead. Convince me. And then I can... Well, I'll... I'd like to hear what you were thinking of, though, about Star Wars first. So, yes, they have these plans, right, that show the Death Star's weakness. <laughs> but should they have saved it on a floppy disk? Well... Whatever the the plan okay their method for like yeah you're right in Rogue that's not even what I was thinking of in Rogue One like their plan to get these plans out is stupid and it's only mm. by a miracle that it works but what's even stupider though is once they have that intel is like we are gonna send like mm, twenty we are gonna send like twenty X wing fighters. And it's okay because it's just this tiny hole. And, like, if we shoot a rocket into it, we're going to blow it up. So it's okay if we only send a few. It, they know that they're coming. The plans have been stolen. They know that there's a flaw in the plans. That's why yeah. they've been stolen. 
So now does everybody? So wait, just to interrupt really quickly, does everybody on the Death Star know the flaw? So who knows of the flaw, and who knows what the flaw is? It, it's not the flaw is is largely a secret. We know this now from Rogue One. So like, really, mm-hmm. it, it's plausible to think that no one on the Death Star knows of this flaw. Um, but you can. You could put two, like, it's not that hard to to piece together. Like, these plans, like, specifically were stolen. Look it up in the records. These were Death Star plans. Like, maybe they're planning something. And, and like, even if, even if you don't suspect some kind of, like, you know, small strike like that, the defenses around the Death Star would be impossible to get through with, like, an entire... With another Death Star, let alone, like, 20 X-Wing fighters. Their plan to just, like, to just fly straight at it. And, like, they don't even really cause a significant distraction. They're just, like, we will rely on the skills of our pilots to dodge, like, all of the crazy artillery and lasers and everything that they're going to have on this thing. They have to do, like, a 10-minute trench run just to get to the hole. And they know ahead of time, because they say it, like, that that hole's no bigger than a womp rat. Like even, <laughs> even if by some miracle you get down there, it's another miracle to hit the shot. And they're lucky. So what is your, so what is your alternative you're proposing? What should they have done? They should have caused some kind of distraction to lure away. Like the majority of the forces around the death star, like, you know, thin the ranks in some way. Um, or like they've like, do the same thing they do like on accident at first. Like they, they get caught intentionally and then yeah. they like knock out a couple of stormtroopers and, and infiltrate it from the inside. Um, you're right. It's a, this is a desperation one, but I just think like they didn't really think about it. And there's, there's more that you can do there on this. It's basically the same thing because the force awakens is a remake of episode four. Or, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's what do they call it? They have a dumb name for it this time. It's too. star killer like the- base. Yeah, Star Killer. That's yeah, an even that's, what it was. Stu- that's arguably even an, an even stupider idea. I don't even remember how they blow that one up. But like, why? It's the same thing, right? Like, there's just a weakness, and like, yeah. But this is a planet they blow up. That's stupider, just of by scale. Um, the original stupid plan is to attack this space station that is the size of a planet with like twenty ships. To hit an yeah, it's a good point. Shot. You can't really flank it because everywhere you go, it's it's spherical and the size of a planet. <laughs> no, can can the Death Star discharge its Death Star beam like quickly? How long no. does it take for it? It like takes a while for it to charge up well, and everything. It takes forever because remember in the last like half hour of that movie, they're like actually they're not. No, that's a really important distinction to make. They can actually fire it fairly quickly, but it takes them like an entire half hour to shift in position because the planet is in the way, remember? Oh, They're like, yeah. as soon as the planet's out of the way, we can shoot this moon. And people always make fun of that. It's like, well, you could have just, like, come out of hyperspace, like, you know, a little bit further away from the planet and it would have been fine. The laser the laser was not a viable weapon to to shoot, like, incoming ships. Like, that's... Yeah, you can't, I wouldn't have thought so. You can't really shoot anything smaller than a moon, I feel like. But... Okay. Anyways, um... But why do you think it's so stupid to build the Death Star in the first place or then rebuild it? No, see, I don't think it's so stupid to build the Death Star in the first place. I think it's stupid to have built it with a flaw. Obviously, we now know a little bit more about that story. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's so stupid to rebuild it for a few reasons. One is the effort involved with rebuilding it, because clearly building the Death Star in the first place was a extraordinarily difficult thing to do. Um, secondly, it didn't work the first time. Uh, just I, I get it. Things happen. Weird flaws happen, and, and parents leave little breadcrumb trails to their children to destroy it, and then people make the ultimate sacrifice, and it's beautiful. And I love Rogue thing. One. Yeah, me too. I love that movie. So I get it. A lot went against this. It didn't work. So I'm confused about what made them think it would work this time. I also think they could have invested heavily in some other plans that they had. Now, they have one of, maybe not the, one of the most powerful uh, users of the Force in the entire universe. And then you have his apprentice. That feels like a start. Stop being lazy shits just sitting on the Death Star doing nothing, or in the Emperor's case, like just farting around doing whatever the Emperor does. Just go kill the asshole who's really not that experienced and who, as you and I have discussed before, takes all of the lessons of the Force and does the exact opposite and yet somehow ends up being great at the Force, which is nonsensical. Luke would be a terrible handler of the Force because he's pissed off all the time. So you have a perfect opportunity just go just go spend more money on fuel to fly around a little bit, find him, and then go kill him. That's a really viable alternative. Um, I think you do those in conjunction. I think... I'm, yeah, yes. Rebuild, rebuild like a smaller, more mobile Death Star. Or like diversify like, just, and, build, yeah. and build like... Well, they have like a pretty large fleet of Star Destroyers, but like somewhere in the middle, like between a Star Destroyer and the Death Star, build like a hundred, like very small moons. Yeah. Think about the Earth. The Earth is what, like a, like a billionth of the size of the sun. It's some crazy number. I don't remember what it is, but it's crazy. So if the Death Star is the sun, build a bunch of Earths. Yeah. You're totally right. Do that. You know what else you could do? Invest in actually training your people. Yeah. Your people suck. Your stormtroopers are terrible soldiers. Like, invest a little bit in training them. It's funny that if you go to Chuck E. Cheese and play the stormtrooper game, like, the your inaccuracy as a stormtrooper, like, is... It, it matches the movie perfectly. Like, it's no different. Like, they shoot like children. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Mike. I, I'm, I actually think that the, the Star Wars belongs high on this list, but I actually don't think that it's the the scheme that you're thinking of i actually think that it's the 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 plan to destroy the death star from the rebel alliance's standpoint is inane and out of desperation but like you're right though like rebuilding the death star is not really an act of desperation like they're they're down a they're down a death star but they have a lot of other resources at their disposal it's just not really a plan. It's like when you're it's when you're like a, a GM of a baseball team and going out and signing all the big time free agents didn't work because you spent a ton of money and they're old and then you're like, "You know what? I got it. Here's what we should do. Let's go out and sign a bunch of old free agents." And then it doesn't work and you're like, "Well, why didn't that work?" You did the same thing. There was no real plan here. The flaw was exposed. Move on. Get a new plan, people. That actually ties in really well with a, st- a silly scheme that I want to mention when we're done with this and like maybe warrants being on this list. Let's move on to number one while we're, let's just, let's just get through it. All right. So number one, you actually sort of obliquely referenced right at the beginning. Um, this is a Harry Potter one 
And it is the dumbest scheme in all of these because it is 100% unnecessary. It is enacted in service of a useless character in terms of plot. And it threatens to rip apart the fabric of the entire universe. And that would be using the Time Turner in Prisoner of Azkaban to save the lives of Buckbeak and Sirius, neither of whom matter at all (laughs) to the plot. I like both of them. Buckbeak, later known as Witherwings, uh, is lovely. I like Buckbeak. And Sirius is a lovely surrogate father to Harry. Uh, He has enough of those. And Sirius is useless uh, because he does not save Harry or his own life very effectively. (laughs) I like him. I think he taught Harry a lot of good lessons. You're really, your only argument that he saves Harry is, well, if Harry hadn't met him, Harry never would have learned to love again, maybe. Or he would have gotten so pissed off he would have just sunk into his anger. I don't know. Arguable he did anyway. He's... Kind of useless, and yes, like you said, the most powerful and often wise wizard in the entire universe says, well, we've got a bit of a a, a conundrum here, a bit of a family problem here. (laughs) So let's rip apart the fabric of space-time for no reason. I will add that maybe this is dumb. Maybe this shouldn't be the real one. Maybe the real one yeah. should be giving Absolutely. giving Hermione giving Absolutely. Hermione the time turner because she has to take She's she's thirteen <laughs> years old. Like, try to remember what you were doing when you were thirteen. I know what You're, I was doing. Yeah, me too. We're a lot it's, very often. It's, yep, it's freshman year of high school. Like, there's only a couple things on your mind, and like. Can you imagine entrusting a 13-year-old you with a time turner? <laughs> I'm now thinking just, like, dirty things that I would have done with a time turner at that age. <laughs> Although time turning would have just, like, taken me back to my, like, previously also not very cool thing to do before. <laughs> I'm just like... You do that thing we were discussing, and you're like, "Woo, that was great!" <laughs> and then we do that again. Yeah, <laughs> it just doesn't seem like a very productive use of a time turner. And well, obviously, our 13 year old selves were not as composed or as interesting or as worldly as what Hermione Jean Granger or Hermione Jane Granger, whatever it is. Um, there, there's no question that it was not very responsible. Like, think about, think about her at that age. She's wonderful at that age. She's not fully emotionally mature. Think about, she just punched Malfoy in the face just cause. Like, she's just kind of pissed at him and she just loses her shit and punches him in the face. I don't know. And she's not so far removed from hiding in a bathroom and almost getting killed by a troll because some other boys who were kind of jerks are picking on her. We're, She's not fully emotionally mature and ready to handle the consequences of destroying the entire universe. Like, almost less than a calendar year prior to that, she turned herself into a cat on accident. Like, yeah. she hasn't really proven, like, a really firm, a really, you know, responsible attitude attitude towards dangerous magic. No. Um, and you're right, like, like, this is, so she can take a couple of fringe classes. Yeah, it's like the stu- like ancient runes and arithmancy. Like those are dumb classes, and everybody knows it. That's really silly. Um, that's really silly. I will say, the stakes of this 
I think what you're saying, like the trivial, the triviality, the trivialness, the I think it's triviality. The triviality of this scheme, uh, in the grand scheme of things, I think means that it's it probably ends up being lower on this list because, like, I don't know. You're right, though. Like, but the, that's precisely well, the, to me what makes it but, so high on the list is this is so trivial. It's no reason for this to be a thing, and it's so trivial that. Our good friend Joe soon realized, oh my god, this was so stupid. Let me destroy every time turner there is because this is so dumb. I could just do the how it should have ended and have Snape go back in time and kill a baby Voldemort and now that's it. Um Yeah, like the the risk to reward on this one is off the charts. Off the, like, there, literally there's the, no reward. The, there's almost no reward at all involved here, and the risk is immeasurable. Yeah, it's two lives, which we've discussed, you know, both beloved characters to us. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, in the grand scheme of the universe and every living thing that's ever existed, you know, it's two lives. Um, yeah, there's really not a lot to be gained. And this goes well with our what we were dis- discussing before, like you said... This is arguably the most accomplished wizard of all time. I think I said yep. it earlier. Like it's endorsed by him, and yeah. not only endorsed, but like put forth by him. Yeah. Um, and it's also a kind of like a weirdly emotionally guided plan. We have shown now. Obviously, this is in retrospect. We've seen that Dumbledore is a cold mf'er. He is ice cold. He doesn't give a shit about anybody. He sees Harry as a tool. Now, obviously, we all have a journey. And, and you know, he sees him see- as an implement used in a greater plan. Ah, uh, good one. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Harry is kind of a tool. Also, <laughs> yes, he sees him as a tool. He's, he's just a cog in his plan. And yet, for some reason, he feels this crazy emotional attachment to a guy who, even he, I'm pretty sure, if I'm remembering correctly, thought for a while was a mass murderer, who now he realizes isn't, <laughs> or maybe always knew wasn't, whatever, either way... A guy who's just like a guy. He's just a guy to him. And he's going to risk it all. Everything. Not just this scheme. Everything to save this guy who's like, yeah, he's fine. Like, that seems like a crazy emotional decision for a guy who has shown himself to be crazy Machiavellian. It's pretty ridiculous. I never really considered how stupid that was until now. Like, you can't even argue that like through some really impressive foresight, Dumbledore knew that like these trials would help shape Harry into like right. Like that's that's like the only thing. That's the only fringe argument to be made is like he didn't want Harry to sink worse into getting more like Voldemort. I I don't know. So he gave him another person to care for him. Mike, that's a long putt. Like that's what I'm saying. We're that's the o- that's like the only thing you can kind of get at here. We're reaching here. Um. All right. Cool. Well, that's our 10. Let's, we've been going for some time here. We should probably, let me, let me rattle off a couple of stupid plots. Um, just for consideration to be put on this list. Um, most of these, most of these plots are like, um, coming from our protagonists. I feel like that's a good, that's a really good point. I thought about that. I feel like there are a lot of really stupid schemes to end the world. Like mind, you know, like dumb mind control schemes, and like, like the one that comes to mind, and like, mo- a lot of people won't know about this because, like, most people aren't as big, like, into the 
Marvel movies as I am. But in Avengers 2, uh, Ultron's plan to destroy the Earth is to, like, somehow... I don't even know how he does it. His plan is to remove a very, very large chunk of the Earth and, like, lift it into the air very, very high and then drop it. And, oh, and then like the boy. And then the ensuing dust cloud like eventually kills everybody kind of like a second it's like an ice age type kind thing? of like a second ice age yeah and it's just a really really stupid kind of scheme i don't remember how he even goes about lifting an entire like a it's like it's an entire country like into the air and then dropping it uh but that is that is the plot of avengers 2 so wait let me ask, so what are his means of raising up that <sighs> like Oh, it's okay if you don't remember, but let's just let's just go down this path. Whatever whatever it is, wouldn't those same means likely enable him to pick up a bunch of nuclear weapons and then just do the same thing? Yes. So so that's the thing about Ultron is that he controls like he's tapped into the internet, like he's tapped into he hacks into the Avengers ships and blows them up. Like he actually that's part of the plot of um x-men apocalypse where uh apocalypse like has access to all the nuclear codes and so that they can't be used against him he just shoots all the nukes into space yeah exactly like doesn't first of all doesn't like make much sense either but um yeah like ultron could so easily like kill every human on earth with his access to like the internet and nuclear codes and everything and he decides to like and the reason why is because the finale of Avengers is pretty awesome and you just have to up <laughs> the ante and also yeah. like Thor can't smash this crap out of the internet with his hammer and like whole, like <laughs> like like every he single for South Park every single Avengers power is just to punch the shit out of things like that's true so like you it's like have, different means to punch stuff yeah like Thor flies and punches things with a hammer, and Iron yeah, Man. Yeah, the Hulk gets pissed off and punches things. Yeah, and, and like yeah. Hawkeye, Iron Man like shoots really fast and then punches stuff. Yeah, exactly. And then they kill the only. Yeah, like and then the the fast guy uh, Quicksilver, like he runs really fast and then he punches somebody. Like well, that's kind of unique. And then they kill him immediately. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, there are there are a lot. So like more there, more than we could feasibly list. Like stupid schemes for taking over the world or destroying the world that's just the one that popped into my head yeah that's a good one um one really cool really really stupid scheme we talked about this on a previous podcast the movie sunshine uh yeah quick recap the earth is the sun is dying it's like it's burning itself out and this so they're like well we gotta all we have to do is shoot a hydrogen bomb into the sun and it'll like reignite it which isn't like whatever i can get on board with that what's What's funny is that this movie picks up after they've already tried that and they just lost communication with their first ship and the sun didn't reignite. It's kind of like your Death Star thing. And they are incredibly desperate. They're like, well, that first one didn't work. Let's just do a second one. Yeah. <laughs> like, we'll build the same ship and then we'll just shoot it in the same direction and hope that this one works. Which it does. That's a great point. Yeah, that's, that's a stupid plan for two reasons. So one is, once again, you're just hitting your head against the wall and trying the exact same thing again. The other, and this is, I, I reiterate from the perspective of somebody who knows nothing about science, my impression, my understanding is that the sun has the power of like infinite hydrogen bombs, like a, on a number of hydrogen bombs that is not worth even trying to count. And so that would be like taking, this is like trying to light a match, like using a match to light, I don't know, 
I actually it's a very large pile of wood. I actually, like a, I buy it. Like if you can get a, a reaction going, like maybe there's some. I'm willing to. I'm willing to. Like maybe my, it lights a really small part you, of something, and then it just you, starts a chain reaction. Yeah, like you throw a match into like a pile of whatever, and then it you know one thing catches whatever. I think I guess that's a good point. Yeah, it's like a Rube Goldberg machine. I'm. I'm willing to suspend my disbelief. I, I'm, I think that their initial plan I can get on board with. I think okay. I think that after that one fails spectacularly, it's pretty stupid to to do the same exact thing twice. A yeah. lot of these we've been talking about is like doing a bad idea or like a fine idea again after that first idea has just completely failed. Yeah. Um. I don't know if that one actually warrants being on the list, though, because, like, the desperation is so strong, and, like, you really yeah. can't do anything without the sun. Like, if the sun dies out, you're fucked. There's no, like, way around that. The problem that. with that one is it's hard to think of feasible alternatives in that universe. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. In that particular cinematic universe, it's hard to think of what else they really could have done. Yeah. Um, same is true of, like, some of these other space movies, like Interstellar, like... Yes, it's a pretty stupid idea to send like one person each to one of these planets and try to recolonize, yeah. but like what are you going to do? Um Yeah. I feel pretty good. I I will say I don't I don't know if either of those like I don't want to put Ultron's plan on this list. I don't think Sunshine belongs on it. Um, but I like Ultron's plan as sort of an avatar for that group of plans. Yeah, like really stupid, unnecessarily complex villain plans to take over the yeah. world. I feel like Lex Luthor has a lot of these. What does he yeah. do in Superman Returns? Something real he, dumb. I think it involved dropping something below like sea level. I think it involved like drowning the eastern seaboard or something, didn't it? Does that sound familiar? Yeah, it's definitely something aquatic because they're like on his his doomsday boat. Yeah, I, I'm okay with putting like a proxy on here for all. I don't know. We could we could probably do a separate list of like like this is the good side of dumb plans and we could do a bad one. <laughs> yeah, seriously. For for the time being, maybe we come back and amend this later. But for the time being, let's let's put Ultron's. <laughs> Like, mini-meteor plan on here is kind of like a stand-in for, for a lot of those types of plans. Um, so, I think that we should move Casino Royale higher on this list because it's so inanely stupid. Yeah, it's so unnecessary, too. I think the Ocean's 13 one is it's so it's really, really silly. Um, but I'd actually be comfortable moving that down a couple of pegs. Like I would, yeah, I would push, I think the, the white Walker plan in game of Thrones is so unbelievably dumb. Like I would put, I would actually, cause like in, in star Wars, if we are, we are in agreement that we're going to go with like the plan to destroy the death star or, or I guess we never really settled that. We didn't really settle that. Um, I could, I could, I, I could honestly take either of those things, and I'm fine because it's our show. And we can make our own rules with making it both. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Just like the combined the Death Star, Death Star like writ large. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, I let's make that. Um, let's let's keep that at two because like it's also just a very well known blunder. Both the, like it's it's more famous than either Casino Royale or Game of Thrones. I think that has, yeah something to do with it let's put casino royale and and game of thrones up at three and four yep i i i would be cool bumping oceans 13 down even past armageddon yeah i think so too 
I think so too, because you have to consider that they're so charming while they do it. They sure are. Um, Especially Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac really shines in that movie. God, he's so good in that. Yeah, this was one of his great performances, and basically the only one I can think of. But he was so great. <laughs> Besides the one. Bernie Mac show, of course. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think he also had a lot of bit parts in a lot of those like Martin Lawrence, like Chris Rock comedies that yeah. are like a lot of the Tyler Perry stuff. Like he was just kind of everywhere in that realm of of humor. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so where do you think Ultron slots in here? Like, because I'm thinking, looking at this, like maybe putting him at, at like six makes sense. Yeah, I think I think he belongs in, at six. Um, so does that slide Armageddon up one because we've moved oceans down a bunch? I like Armageddon at five. So just yeah. to recap quickly here, going in, in reverse order, we have the Time yep. Turner from Prisoner of Azkaban, yep, the Death Star, Casino Royale, the yep. White Walkers of Game of Thrones. Armageddon, uh, Ultron is kind of a proxy for a lot of dumb villain plans, and and now we have to to hammer out seven through ten. Um, I I don't know. I I'm I'm willing to fight you a little bit on on Scooby Doo because I just think that they don't really have a lot of these schemes. Hallmarks are that like they are grandiose, very intentional schemes that they believe even though they are complicated and foolhardy will lead to salvation at the end of the day. And I just don't think there's enough thought on the mystery gangs part to put them maybe on this list, like at all, if, if at all, I think we put them in at like 10. All right. So what do you think slots in? What, what would you place on this list? Well, I think we've, we've put Ultron in there and like that, that takes its slot. Um, Oh, good point. Yes. So all right, I, I, I'm willing to let that one go. I'm willing to let that one go. I think for I think it might violate the rules of the game a little bit. Yeah. All right. I think that's fair. And with the with of course the understanding that those kids really needed to have a little more foresight with their yeah with their get plans. their shit together a little bit. Um. So, so maybe at number seven now we put the the oceans thirteen because mm-hmm. it's just so silly. Um. I think we stick with the Breaking Bad magnet over the Breaking Bad Insta Machine gun. Yes. Due to its silliness. Um and the the bounty of other options. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. There's there's very little desperation at this point in the series or this specific yep. juncture. Uh the last thing I would say is I think maybe it makes sense to swap. No, I think we should keep them where they are. Chris Pine is a grown man in that movie. Yeah, uh, he should know better. He should know better than to walk into the middle of a World War I uh, camp and just, like, waltz right into her base and, and try to take it right from under her gross nose. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. Kevin at least can be forgiven for watching too many silly movies and thinking that he can... Or they maim people. Yeah. yeah, like, taking on two fully grown men and we can make this you know a a stand-in for all the home alone movies because in home alone 2 he makes the same exact mistake again and uh home alone 3 it's not kevin McAllister anymore but he's equally as stupid yeah it's alex d lins after i forget who the kid is (laughs) that's true are you comfortable with that list i i feel pretty good about it i feel good about that list do you want to walk us back through 10 to 1 just so we have it it's your list bike you go for it 
No, because I totally forget. I wasn't writing it down. Oh, all right. So why don't you walk us down, Kyle? All right. Uh, number 10, we have Home Alone and the plan to <laughs> thwart <laughs> two with ease. <laughs> number nine, we have uh, Chris Pine. I love, we have, you've just said Chris Pine. Yeah, I have no time. idea what his character is. something Trevor. His last yeah, name is, is Trevor. Yeah. Maybe. Um, Trevor, or it's, yeah, well, it's Chris Pine's yeah. plan to steal uh, the, the notebook in Wonder Woman. Then we have the Breaking Bad magnet to wipe the laptop. We have the Ocean's 13 earthquake machine that leads to everybody <laughs> winning lots of money. <laughs> Number six, we have Ultron and Avengers 2 removing a very large portion of the Earth and smashing it to Earth to create a second Ice Age. <laughs> Number five, we have an even larger meteorite hurtling art well that's not the plan the plan is to blow up an even larger meteorite yeah. as it hurtles towards earth number four is the white walker plan from game of thrones number three is the <laughs> casino royale plan from casino royale <laughs> all in two hundred thousand. <laughs> number two is both the decision to rebuild the Death Star after the very foolhardy decision to try to blow up the Death Star <laughs> by shooting a hole that's no bigger than a womp rat. <laughs> and number one is the incredibly irresponsible. <laughs> Just so irresponsible. Indefensibly irresponsible decision to send two teenagers back in time <laughs> and risk the fate of the entire universe. To save a man and a, a half bird. <laughs> half horse. Yeah. From death. And that's just wildly irresponsible. And those are the definitive top ten harebrained silly movies or not movie schemes, but harebrained silly schemes. <laughs> Alrighty friends. That was our top 10 for this week, but now we'd love to hear your top 10. So please check us out on all of our available social media outlets, traditional outlets, whatever outlets we have. Check us out on Twitter at Top10KM. That's all spelled out, Top10KM. Our email, Top10KM, spelled the same way, at gmail.com. Or our site, Top10KM.podbean.com. All forms of communication accepted except for serial killer notes. Please don't send us any of those. If you like the pod, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never have to miss an episode of Top 10 ever again. If you didn't like it, please tell us why. We'll try to make the show better. Our theme music was composed by Kevin McLeod, and our artwork was created by Aaron Sant. You can check out her stuff at Sant Design on Instagram. Alrighty, goons. We'll see you next week.